we we were confident enough that you know the well wasn't running dry. We Amazing. we knew we were coming up with better songs, and um, so no 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 one was worried. It was kind of good. I mean, the thing was, what was interesting for me was that I I thought it through and I thought uh, if I do this. Um, People are going to say, oh, it's just because it's Paul McCartney wrote it. It's just because it's a Beatles song, really, you know. Right. And no wonder it went to number one, you know. So I said, well, I'll, I'll change my name for it. So the, the writing credits on that, are, it's by Bernard Webb. Oh, so Ber- wow. It was Bernard that got to number one. <laughs> That's so funny that to me. me. Oh, my God. I, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, there's so many great songs that you talk about, uh, of course, yesterday. I mean, maybe, maybe this is one of the greatest songs ever written. I don't know. Yesterday, I mean, I think I can't think of many better ones. All my ones troubles this. seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're When you write about this song, oh, I it was weird. The yesterday. Beatles had never put out a song before. I remember seeing you on TV performing this for, for the first time, and you were sitting there alone. None of the Beatles were around you, and you performed it. And I had never seen the Beatles do that before. And you point out in the book, the Beatles had never once put out a song where it was a solo song, where it was one performance from you. Um, that's kind of generous that John was able to, like, take himself out of it. He said, I don't think I can add to this song, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of bands uh, you know, wouldn't be able to do. We were very honest with each other, you know, and and that was it. It was like, well, what could he do? He couldn't do that guitar right. part again. Um, no, it was. I think the thing was for me, it was a little bit embarrassing because I didn't want to be the guy who was out on the stage on his own, you know, because there's a lot of uh, comfort in being in a group of mates. And then suddenly, once I'd done this song, because, you know, it, it came to me in a dream, and then I, I wrote the lyrics when I was not with the band, uh, you know, I was on a holiday. And so when I brought it in, it was just me, solo guitar, uh, and that was it. And the guys just said, well, we can't put a drum on that. You know, it doesn't need it. Uh, and the one guitar is doing enough. Um, but it was a little bit embarrassing, so embarrassing that we elected not to do it as a single in Britain. Hmm. Said, no, we can't put that out. We're like a rock group, you know. But they insisted in America, so I think it was a single in America. But Would we you didn't know about- really want to do it. You know, we liked it and stuff, but uh, it wasn't a big feature of our stage act. It's know? amazing to me, though, Paul, that like you didn't say to yourself, oh, shit, I don't need these guys anymore. You know, some guys... <laughs> Take their lucky break and break it in two. You didn't. Ooh. You said no. Yeah, I'm well, lucky. Yeah. No, I would. You I was, wouldn't ever want to do that. You know. It's, uh, I know. It's not you know. cool. Well, in, in our case, it wasn't cool. I mean, you know, if I'd have had just three ropey musicians with me, then maybe that thought starts to occur. Hey, I'm better than these guys. But not when you've got John Lennon, George <laughs> Harrison, Ringo Starr. You right. don't mess with that. You yeah, knew you had a good boys. thing. Yeah, that's mm. what I admire about your career. You knew you had a good thing. You didn't piss it mm. away. You didn't. And look at the music that came out. This one you say is simple. This is a simple song. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not a musician, but you say it's only two chords again. That's it. 
Look, I think mostly, yes. So far it is. What are we listening to? A C and a something? By my car. No, but I mean, what are the two chords? Maybe oh, you can... Um, it's, I think it's D and G. D and G, oh, no, that's there's it. another chord. No, there's a third chord just came in. B minor. Ah. I'm not, I can't play B minor. The verse I'm, is just the two. That's, then I can play it. Two G. Oh, that's it. I could jam with you on this. Come on, man. Yeah, I could D and G it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm going to play a song here. I think there's four chords in it. Listen to this. What a song. This again is this girlfriend, Jane Asher. You break, you had a big fight, and you just have that thought. We can work this out. And then you write a song. Brilliant. It, it is looking back on it, you know, from the sort of this era we're in. It's a bit, uh, you know, it's a bit. Come on, girl, you know I'm right. <laughs> it's not like, you know, ah. in a feminist world, you may be just as right as I am. This song's like, nah, <laughs> nah. You know, come on, you'll find out that I was right. Don't worry about it. Just let me work it out. Now, now, when when George wrote Taxman. Which is a yeah. great song, and George got his moment, and you know he, he you oh, know yeah. because you and John are so prolific, you know he mm. he'd get one of his songs in. Why do you think after he wrote it, he said to you, you know, you you suggested the lead? I'm talking about this part, the the the, the lead on the, the song, the yeah. solo. You suggested mm. it to him. He says, you know what, Paul, that's fabulous. You play it mm. again. They, they, this solo, this is you. Listen to you. Show off. <laughs> we got it down. We got it down. That's a hell of a lead. So George plays Taxman for you, and you say, wait, I got the lead for this thing. You play it for him, and he doesn't get insulted. He doesn't say, oh, here's Paul taking my lead from me on my song. He gladly accepts that you play it. Yeah, it is, it is very generous of him, yeah. I yeah. think, you know, in the studio... The best idea won. So, right. um, you know, uh, it would be like, well, what are we going to do here? What are we doing? Because, we, you know, you'd always, often anyway, leave a space for the solo. But that at that time of our careers, you kind of thought, oh, we, we should have something great here. And let's leave the space because who knows? It could be, you know, organ from space, from Mars, I don't know, we could put something crazy in there. And uh, so I said, well, I've got a kind of rough idea, you know. George said, go on, try it. So I go down there and do this little solo. And, uh, yeah, he was very happy with it. You know, it's, uh, it's a great happy song. Happy with it. A lovely song. Oh, it's a beautiful solo. He was generous, you know, he's a generous guy. And we, we could all sort of do that. Not get too upset if somebody, I mean, Ringo once a couple of times let me drum, you know, because I just sort of say, oh, it could be like this, you know, what about if we did it like this? He said, well, you do it then, go on. You, and, you know, uh, whenever you tell that story, I think, well, it, it sounds like Ringo was upset because, <laughs> I don't you know, so. 
like, oh, look at Paul taking my drum part or something. Well, but I guess you I'm, know, uh, listen, yeah. Howard, looking back on it, it could have been that, you know. But right. I would just blast through. The minute he said, yeah, go on, I would go, okay, and jump on the drums. Um, it could have been a bit of that, you know, but it didn't seem like that. And it never, I mean, you know, if it had really been like that, that would have, you know, led to a bit of a row and a bit of bad feeling between us. But it yeah. wasn't. It was just like, yeah, well, okay, there's the drums done. Good, you know, we're done. That's, that's and, you know, uh, that's very gracious of Ringo and really recognizing. Mm. I, I'm shocked when you write about, you know, um, uh, another one of George's songs, While Guitar, My Guitar Gently Weeps. That uh, he brought in Clapton to do the solo. Were you kind of shocked by, you know, I'm talking about, of course. Well, weren't you, like the Beatles certainly were capable of coming up with the lead on this. Were you like, why are we bringing in Eric Clapton for this part? I mean, it's a beautiful solo, don't get me wrong. I, I, I just mm. I just somehow think no, you guys could have done it. I think, you know, it. the spirit of the times, people always talk about rivalry between the groups, particularly Stones and Beatles. Right. It wasn't like that. We were all so excited. We're young kids. You're talking about it. You know, what are we? We're early 20s. We've come down for London. We're in, come down to London. We're all buying smart clothes and all that. Yeah. And we realize there's all these cool guys who aren't from Liverpool, but they're old mates. And Eric was one of them, you know, and we just thought, wow, he's, he's really great. And George knew him. Um, it didn't end up well that he knew him. He no, I mean, he took George's wife, right? Yeah, that's, that's a bit naughty. But, but, what um, did you think? Of, what did you make of that, Paul, at the time? That, like, George had a wife and Eric Clampton runs off with his wife. I mean, to me, that's scandalous. It's scandalous. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty scandalous, I must say. But what are you going to do? I didn't know the circumstances, you know. Um, I felt sorry for George, to tell you the truth. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it was just the way it happened, and it wasn't anything to do with me, so I just let him get on with it, you know. There's been when, quite a lot of little moments like that, you know, because it's a rock and roll group, you know, and people get a little crazy occasionally, and things like that can happen, you know. But when um, Eric Clapton runs off with your wife, do you, like, I, I assume maybe you were invited to the wedding. Do you, do you, do you send a gift or do you say, hey, screw that? Uh, <laughs> the, 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 George is one of my guys and I'm, I'm, I'm on his team. Nope. I would think the I, Beatles should have gone over and beaten up uh, Eric Clapton maybe as a group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. A good idea. Well, I did not go to the wedding. I would not have gone to it. You're right. Um, but, you know. We forgive him now? It didn't work out. Yeah. It didn't I work guess out. So. So, that's, you know. that's true. Yeah, you know, maybe you did him a favor. Why do you say, this is amazing to me, the amazing Paul McCartney, who sings so beautifully, you say on Eleanor Rigby, you went to George Martin and said, I don't think I can sing this song. It's too tough a vocal. I can't sing this vocal. I would think there is no way a song you wrote that you would say, I can't sing the vocal. What about this vocal is so difficult? Um... You know, when you when you write it, uh, you you hear it in your head a certain way. And when I came to record it, you know, there's a lot of pressure because uh, this again was something that where the Beatles weren't on it. Because right. after we'd done yesterday with the string quartet, now this was just strings doing the backing. So I'm I've got to listen to these strings and then put 
sort of insert myself into the middle of this beautiful little arrangement George Martin's done. Uh, and it wasn't that easy. Um, hmm. And I didn't feel like I was singing it that well. But George was very reassuring. He said, no, it's good, you know, it's okay. Um, but yeah, just one of those songs that just didn't think I was nailing it. Uh, you know, that happens a lot. Uh, anyone who's recorded will know, you know, in your studio, you can sometimes get a, a wee crisis of confidence. Yeah. And you can think, oh, God, you know, I'll never do this. I'll never get it. I mean, one time, just on that kind of theme, was uh, I used to do Kansas City, Little Richards, Kansas City. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, you know, this is a certain kind of thing. I remember John, before the studio, months before, had said to me, how do you do that? Because, you know, he didn't do that little screamy thing. He did, he screamed, twist and shout, but it wasn't right. the same as this little, little, little Richard thing. And I said, I don't know. I said, it just kind of comes out the top of my head. And he went, oh, wow, really? And we didn't say any more about it until he came to the, the session. And now here we were, and we'd, we'd, uh, we'd done the backing track, and now I was in this great big studio on the mic, trying to summon up the spirit of Little Richard and freedom and all this sort of stuff. And I wasn't getting it. I was kind of, it's like a, a parody. I wasn't doing it with my normal sort of strength, you know, and gusto. So John comes down from the control room where he's been listening to it. He comes down, he just whispers in my ear. He says, it comes out the top of your head, remember? <laughs> so sorry. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. So then, wow! And you know, the next take is the one you hear. It was, uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, it's the, you know, that does happen in the studio. Where you just think, "I'll never get this. This is, I've, you know, I've bitten off too much. I'm never going to get this song." And you need mates or a great producer, or you know, there's always something that can just help. And suddenly you go, "Okay, I've got this." You know. It's it's great to hear that because I think we all assume you can do anything musically, and it's good to hear that you struggle. You know what I mean? I really, I, uh -huh. I, it actually is inspiring. I'm sure to a lot of musicians. I, I thought it was really a sweet moment in the book, and again, the book is called the lyrics. It, um, it, it, you know, you say my last conversation with John, we sat and talked about baking bread, and I went, oh gosh, that's so beautiful because that's almost yeah. like a full circle kind of thing. They spoke about. Baking, like baking bread it feeds you it's, it, it warms the house when you bake bread um you know that it actually just i don't know it, made me it was something yeah, it was very special to me that that we reached that point actually because you know you'd had the whole horrible thing of the group bre breaking up and yeah. the uh the whole thing there which is you know very painful um but we gradually sort of started to piece it together over the years, you know, and we, I think we just realized, come on guys, you know, we, we, we love each other. What are we doing? We're messing around. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I ring John and we had a bread strike in England or every, the bread makers went on strike, you know, so you just couldn't get bread. So I went round to the local bakers in the high street and I said, you know, can I buy some, yeast you know to make bread he said no way you know the bread the bread strike he said you know it's like it's like gold you can't get this stuff anywhere you know i could go on and i gave him a little look you know a little mischievous look go on then just a little 
And I persuaded him anyway, so here you are. So he gave me it, and I got went home and, and was baking bread and got quite good at it, you know. So when I heard John was doing it, it was great. We could just talk about something so ordinary uh, that there's no threat or anything. It was just two guys talking about, well, I don't know, would, would you, do you leave it overnight? Or what do you do? Mm. You know, and someone says, yeah, I leave it overnight in a hot cupboard. You know, and you'd have, you'd just be chatting. And it was, it was really nice. And I was so glad that, that we got back to that relationship that we'd always had, you know, when we were kids. Like I say, you know, we'd, we'd lived in each other's pockets for so long that it was, it was great to get back to that. That's why I love that you. Yeah, I love I love Paul that you wrote about the song "Dear Friend" in your book, because you're, that song you say it was just, it was a, it was a, a letter been sent to John saying, "What the fuck? You, what happened with us? Why is all this bickering and fighting?" And I even think, you know, I've said this to you before, and I don't know what you think, but and I almost hesitate to say it. I don't want to be taken the wrong way, but I think if John was around, he also bullied you in a sense. You put out an album. He had to weigh in on it. You know, the Beatles were no longer together. He had to be, he had to give you a dig. You know, he had to write a song about it or give an interview and say, oh, Paul didn't do this. If you put out a book to this day, like you're putting out this new book, mm. it would be, oh, that's Paul's take on things. Uh, you know, I'm tired. Mm. Yes, it, sure. it's, like, it's like you don't have that constant worry in your life anymore that you're going to be crucified for just giving your experience and your point of view about the Beatles or, or in music. You know, yeah, well, you, yeah, that, that's true, but, you know, I'd swap it all out for him to be alive. I, know. I understand yeah. that, I, you know, and I understand that, uh, you know, but... It's, it, it's, uh, no, the thing is, Howard, you know, it's John. You well, know, if it, when I first met him, that's John. He's just like that. And, you know, when you've had as long a relationship with him as I had... You get to take these things with a, a pinch of salt. It can Good be, for you. you know, it can be as mean as anything, but you just know the next minute he'll, he won't think like that. You know, he's just getting something out and you, you got used to it, you know, and you sometimes you'd get annoyed back, but, um, not often because you just want, well, that's John, isn't he? What a dick, you know, and you, <laughs> that would, that would be it. You just would think, you know. Paul, that might be the thing that I love about you most. I am so thin-skinned. There's sometimes I see people who attack me who I know I've been good to. And I go, why would they do that to me? I've been so good to them. And that's how I feel about you and John. I could picture you mm. sitting somewhere. You know, you've just put out Ram or something. And, you know, mm. and John's got a way in. And, and you'd say to yourself, my God, I, all I did was mm. collaborate with this man. All I did was mm. we, we made beautiful music together. What's the fucking problem? You know, and that's what that song, Dear Friend, is. What's the fucking mm. problem? I don't know what to yeah. do about it. Well, you, you know, you're right. I mean, obviously, when those things happen, particularly like when you put out an album and you're thinking, okay, I hope this goes down well, you know, because you're not, you're not impervious to that. You do think those things. So I'm thinking, and then you, let's say you're here, John, Sort of slagging it off. Um, yeah, you know, in the uh, aftermath, after the breakup of the Beatles, there were some very sad moments for me in there, mm. you know, 
Well, uh, you know, you you would get really down, and uh, you, you know, I'm sure I probably cried a few times, going, "Oh, what the fuck?" As you say, you know, what? The hell, why do we? Why did we have to get like this? You know, um, I think then you'd kind of just you'd you'd row through it. You know, you'd steamroll your way through it, and you get to the other side, and you go, "Oh, it's John again." Of course. <laughs> I mean, in the book, I, I, I say this thing that always stuck with me. Where, you know, John wore these glasses, these spectacles, and we'd be having a, a chat or something, and he'd say something I didn't agree with or something, and he'd go, ah, bleh, 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 and he'd come out with a load of uh, crap, you know. And I'd go, what, what, what's, what, you know, and I'd be visibly upset kind of thing, you know, because he was such an onslaught. But then he's, he could see that, and what he'd do, he just would lower his glasses, he'd look at me and go, it's only me. And then he put the glasses back on again. It was like, that's John. It's only yeah, him. well, you know, it's only John. John and, had a rough you know, life, and and I think that's where he it did. Comes he from. had I, a very rough yeah. life, so you can't, you know, that's that was something that I really ended up thinking. You know, you can't expect someone to come off that life without some putting up some kind of a shield. Yeah, you that's know, uh, that's very understanding have, of you. He's, he's, mm. It's understanding of you, and it's also like, you know, but you can only take so many shots. You know, you also have to protect yourself emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, you do. Mm -hmm. it, it, you, can, you can only put up with it for so long. I, you know, yeah. well, why, why do you say in the book that this is a song you have never done live, but you get more requests for it? We're talking about Rocket Raccoon. You say, good song, love this song, but I've never performed Somewhere it live, and everyone wants me to. Love this. Everybody wants you to do it. Why not do it? Uh, what's the hang-up? I don't know. It's an awful lot of words to learn. <laughs> okay. That makes sense to me. I, I get it. I, I, I could totally just go get to it. the movies instead. <laughs> right. There's so many, um, it's, you know, there's so many... It's laziness, laziness. I would like to do it, and I have thought of doing it, but it's sheer laziness, you know. One of these days, I'll get round to it. You got to. Listen, people want it. There's so many great stories. You know, Paul's uh, new book is called The Lyrics. Check it out. It's, um, I love when you talk about this, you know, you talk about, um, um, you know, even using this technique of stuttering, like uh, uh, on birthday, you know. Take a cha-cha-cha chance. And you said, oh, that was just our response to the Who's My Generation. Or our changes with David Bowie. Ch-ch-ch-changes. It's a technique, right? It, it, what does it do? It sucks yeah. us in as listeners? Yeah, it's just a good little trick. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't be around as long as I have, with, have without learning just a couple of tricks. Um <laughs> You just uh, you just get these little things. You think, yeah, that's good. Throw that one in. I don't want to keep you too long. I hear Robin be... in the background. Hi, yes, Robin. Robin is here. Hi Robin there, is I'm here. here. I'm here. I could doing? listen to this all day. Uh, me You're too. Going to have I to. Mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not letting you go. No, no. I know you have a, a certain <laughs> amount of time and everything. I was, uh, but but just give me a couple more minutes. First of all, on. Um, you were talking about influences in your book, and you know, you were like, uh, "This was great to me." You said you were in the room with Roy Orbison when he was working on writing. You saw him write this song, yeah. Oh Pretty Woman. What a it moment. Was, uh, it was on a bus, actually. 
was on, yeah. on the bus. We were on tour together in England, and uh, you stop every so often so everyone can have a pee, a cup of tea, and, you know, a sandwich or something. Yeah. And me and John had, had done that, and now we sort of were getting back on the bus. And so it's an empty bus, but right on the, at the back of it, on the back seat, there's Roy, and he's got his guitar, and he's writing this. So it's like, well, so we just sort of stood there and just watched him do it. And, yeah, it was a special moment, you know, because you never know whether it's going to be a good song or, or not, but he was, he was inspired. Did and you know right away it was a good song? Man. Did you go, what, like, yeah. you like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you know. I mean, an awful lot of what he did was good. I mean, he was, he was a great man. I have students up in my old school who uh, I talk to about songwriting. I, I give a little kind of class sort of thing. And sometimes what happens is they're, they're very nice to be, um, you know, sometimes they're, they're foreign students. Um, they're really good. But sometimes it may be uh, like a, a little folk singer or something. And she's, she's singing it. And <clears throat> at the end of the song, it'll kind of go, <laughs> it just like fades away like someone sort of put her to sleep and I go whoa let me tell you about Roy Orbison I said you know he's on stage and he goes the last note is the big note running scared Whoa! and you know everyone knows to clap all the audience goes that's the end and they clap. So I say to the, these kids, you know, say, just sometimes maybe just think of something that lets the audience know you've finished. Right. Because otherwise you just throw it away, you know. Sometimes <laughs> they just fade and it's like, is, is she finished? <laughs> I didn't know you so, had yeah, a class. Roy, Roy was Wait. the master of that, you know, so I learned a lot of tricks off him. Yeah, speaking of tricks, you said on Jet, one of the tricks you've learned is sometimes you just scream. And um, and it just catches every. It's just like the. It, it's like the first big thing is like, Jack, you know. Yeah. It's a trick. It's like the, trick, wake up, know. everyone. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't know you taught a class. I mean, where the hell is that going on? Let's go. Yeah. I want to sit. Well, I, this, uh, the the school that me and George went to was called in Liverpool was a kind of really good school. We didn't like it. But it turned out it was a very good school. And it was called the Liverpool Institute. Uh, no, no, the, yeah, the Liverpool Institute High School for Boys, that's what it mm. was called. And there was a thousand boys. And over the, over the street, there was this great big wall. And enclosed in there were a thousand girls. <laughs> and we never saw them. So this made us the sex maniacs. We're lusting. What goes on over that wall? Anyway, so that school um, was getting was going to get pulled down and stuff, and I've you know remembered it so fondly that I've ended up uh, doing a sort of campaign, and we rescued the school because it was an old eighteen twenty five building, you know. So we right. rescued it, and, and uh, it's now a performing arts school called Liverpool ah. Institute of the Performing Arts, Lipa. Right. And so, so I go up there for graduations and, and things like that and then see the songwriting students. There's like songwriting students, video students, actors, dancers. It's quite a, a lot of disciplines they do. So I, I see the songwriters 
and just uh, talk to them about what they're doing and, you know, whether I can give them any advice. And uh, so it's, it's so nice, great. quite rewarding. It's so nice, that, yeah, so nice that you do that. By the way, you look great. I'm oh. looking you over, and I'm Thank like, you. man, you look fucking great. Well, I don't know what you're doing. Fucking great yourself, Howard. No, I don't. You don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. That's all right. I know what you're. I don't have to. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Listen, there's so much to talk about, but I, I, I'm getting the high sign. I, I mean, uh, you got to give me 50 hours in a row. You know what I mean? Where are you going now? (laughs) What are you going to do? You going to eat something? What? What's the plan? Where? Uh, You you know what? I just got to see a couple of. I'm in the office, so I got a couple of other people to see and stuff. Well, actually, you're right. Actually, I'm going to have a bagel. No, a bagel? You, That's what your thing is, got, a bagel? You put your finger right on it. I am going to have a toasted bagel. With, with what on it? What are you going to put on it? You put on it this stuff called Marmite, which is oh. like very British. It's like, yes. a, yeah, you love it or hate it. I love it. You put that on it, and then you put some hummus on the top of that. Hmm. Just my well, little my little tipple. Here's the way I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to say, Paul, you've done it again. You gave me a book that I was really thinking this is a great idea. And I bet you a lot of other musicians are going to do it, but they don't have your catalog. What Paul did was he sat down and he said, I don't remember half the stuff that's happened in my life, but if you, if, you, if I talk about these songs, that's how my memory mm-hmm. works. I can remember things around these songs. And so now we have the book, and I'm telling you, you'll love it, because that's I didn't get treasure. to... Actually, yeah. it's a treasure to be able to... See what you were thinking, what was happening in your life while these songs were created. Yes, and what Paul mm. essentially just did now, the, I just got to a small bit of it, but he basically goes through these songs and tells you what was happening. And if any any fan of Paul's is going to love this. The, the book is called The Lyrics. It's available wherever books are sold. You can hear Paul on Sirius XM's Beatles channel, on Channel 18, and also everywhere else in the world. And thanks for doing this. You, you, you're yeah, a real, man. No, it's really treasure. nice, Howard. You know, I look forward to our interviews, I must say. I always need to laugh. Yeah. When well, will you be back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's book you right hours. now because I got another fifty thousand hours to do. It. You know, I got to tell you, I got so jealous when I saw that thing you did with Rick Rubin. I go, how can Paul cheat on me? I want him with me. I want to sit in this studio with him. I got jealous. I did. Yeah. You know. Oh, well, I did. Couldn't handle it. He's a good guy, old Rick. You know, good guy. it worked out. I must say. I know. But, um, All right, listen. Go well, have your I bagel. wasn't too time in you. <laughs> I know. I understand. I, I I can't keep you to myself. I I get that, but I do get jealous. <laughs> um. Anyway, I know yeah. what you have to do today. Actually, Paul likes to eat his bagel and watch the movie Help over and over again on a continual <laughs> loop. That's his. That, that's, that's the rest of his I day. Do ever. You have you ever gone back and watched that? Yeah. 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 What happens is you you tend to sometimes you put it on for the kids. Oh, you know, okay. I, I got grandchildren, and big big favorite is Yellow Submarine. Right, mm. got it. They love right, that, look. and it's great because you watch it with them. You see it completely anew, see it through their eyes. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I do that occasionally. Nice. All right, listen, Paul. Okay, Howard. Just a big thank you. Okay, and lots of love. All right, man. Thank peace you. Uh, Have a yeah, wonderful peace and day. Love to you. Thanks, Robin. All right. Thanks, See you, Howard. A bagel calls. <laughs> I understand. I want That's that bagel. A good title: A bagel calls. <laughs> yeah, it's a new song. Wow! Well, wow! That was. I got emotional. I don't know why. Listening yeah. to those stories. 
the stories, the songs. And uh, last night I'm going through his whole book and I'm like, okay, I only have so much time with this guy. How many songs can I fit in and get stories? And um, I got to about uh, a half, maybe a little over half of what I wanted to get to. Because the problem I had when I read the book, I was like, well, I just want to ask Paul about all these things and what it was like. And so we got a we got a taste. But the book is really that good. It's just a lot of fun. And then there's a whole bunch of pictures and song lyric sheets. And it's really a nice compilation. But yeah. Yeah. When does it come uh, out? Did I think it's out it? now. Am I right, guys? It comes out today, isn't it? It's out now. Or it's out now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I read it on Kindle. I know but, you were uh, reading on Kindle. I did, but but for this book, I ended up. It's hard to see any artwork or lyric right. sheets and stuff, so I really should just buy the book so I can look at all that cool stuff. Yeah, um, and take the books out of your library that you don't care about and put this yeah. one in. Yeah, so I'll have one book. I'll have his book, maybe a couple <laughs> of mine, <laughs> one of mine anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. What a what an, what an opportunity! Yeah. yeah, what a fucking opportunity to interview that guy. May he live forever. He looks good too. Mm-hmm. No, no spring chicken. Somehow, I look over the beetles that are left don't age. You That's know, right. like they don't age like people. I look over. They age like beetles. Like the, the, the bug, the beetle. <laughs> you never see a beetle look bad. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I just love that guy so much. What he gave the world. Everything. You know, I every mean, time uh, he comes in, it reminds me that uh, when I would go to school, well, you know, uh, as the Beatles were making music, yeah. we used to, there was, we would have to wait for this bus and there was this uh, cleaners that used to let us stand inside in the wintertime. And we right. would be in there debating what each song meant and whether Paul was dead and all of that stuff. And I think to myself, if those kids knew right. that I know Paul McCartney, or if I had ever said, one of these days I'm going to meet Paul McCartney, they would have said, you're out of your mind. And it's just like, it's thrilling. Yeah. It's, thrilling it's thrilling to know him. We tried to hook you up with him and romantically, but he didn't go. Well, for you, you, you put, know, I think yeah. he had already met Nancy. He was hiding nah. it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was a little bit dishonest with you. Um, there's so many great stories in the book. Like uh, this, this is one of my favorite Beatles tunes from the White Album, Dear Prudence. And um, so Mia Farrow's there with the Beatles with the Maharishi yeah. in India, and Prudence was one of these people. Now, I'm a I'm a big meditator, and I've met with the Maharishi, and he was a beautiful man, the Maharishi, just extraordinary, a very deep guy. And uh, one of the things the Maharishi would say, especially to some of um, the people who are really into transcendental meditation, this is not designed for you to go hide in a cave somewhere. He said, I, I was a monk. I hid in a cave. But I don't want you doing that. I want you going out and experiencing life and having your world. And you should meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. That's it. That's the prescription. Well, so then to get to India, Mia Farrow's sister, Prudence, Gets she turns into one of these people that will not stop meditating. She's literally hiding in the fucking room 
<laughs> and won't come out. And, and everybody else is congregating and talking yes. and, you know, they yes. meditate a couple of times and then they <laughs> yeah. get together. Yeah, you, you're supposed to have your regular, you're not supposed to just, well, she evidently went overboard with it. And so the Beatles, <laughs> I mean, this is the brilliance of the Beatles. They wrote, dear, dear Prudence, won't you come out and play? You know, it, it's it's such a great story. I mean, Paul goes into it. He said she meditated for an extended amount of time. <laughs> Everybody was alarmed. Uh, there's so many great stories in this book. Fool on the Hill 2 was about Maharishi. I wanted Paul to tell this story. We just ran out of time. But um, Fool on the Hill, he wasn't calling the Maharishi a fool, which some people um, might have you know, thought that that's what it was about. Oh, he was yeah. talking about how people didn't understand what the Maharishi was saying. He would just wanted to give you a technique like brushing your teeth to meditate and to calm you down and to make your life better. And so he was calling these people who were calling the Maharishi the fool on the hill. And he was making fun of that. But he, I, I, Paul would have clarified it, I'm sure, if he would have spent another 17 hours with us. <laughs> We'd have gotten to you it. Know. Yes. <laughs> and you know which one else was fascinating in the book? Like I wanted him to talk about she came in through the bathroom window. Yeah, because this song is about a fan broke into his home through a window, found a ladder, climbed in, and stole a picture of Paul's father. Wow, she actually yeah. stole something. Yeah, yeah, she got something of his. A picture of his father. Like, what's she going to do with that? Yeah. You know. And then uh, he writes about Come and Get It, which he wrote for Badfinger. He was he got into this whole gig where he started producing other bands and so he said to Badfinger, "Here's a song, let's have a number one hit for you." And they started to fuck around with the song because they listen. Badfinger, they were they wrote Harry Nielsen's uh, "I Can't Live, I Can't Live Without You," you know that that whole song. I think that's what they wrote, didn't they? Anyway, I know they wrote a Harry Nielsen hit, but anyway, Badfinger goes. They start fucking with the song and Paul goes. Listen, this is like a painting. You wouldn't change a painting. I wrote this song. Do it the way I wrote it, and you'll have a hit song. And yeah, sure enough, he was write right. You didn't write the song. I wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't asking for a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. Anybody remember uh, Come and Get It, what uh, Badfinger wrote? Didn't they, didn't they write a Nielsen hit? And the weird thing is, they wrote a song for Nielsen, and it was a big hit. And Paul wrote a song for them, and it was a big hit. Yeah. So, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Hey, yeah, Dave, I had always the... thought that Come Together was about uh, drugs because I was singing it in the hall of my high school as I was walking to another class, and my English teacher grabbed me and said, how oh. dare you sing that song? It's about drugs. And I was oh. like, no, I don't even not. know what the lyrics mean, but okay. <laughs> The song that Paul wrote that was about drugs was Let Me Roll It to You. Okay. You know, it was about a joint. Ah, right. Well, was a, he didn't a stop me from singing that one. <laughs> yeah. But I was and like shocked that, you know, English teacher was even worried about that. It was like, if I take, if I start singing this song, I might start taking drugs. Yeah, and I think the song, um, there's another song about drugs that uh, they did, but they were talking about the weight of drugs. Like the weight of it, and how it's just heavy on your back. I don't know. This, this. I mean, come on. There's so much to dissect with him. Yeah. 
It's too. That was carry that weight, Howard. Yeah, carry Uh the weight. Oh, you better carry that weight. And the band had put out a song called The Weight. And Bob Dylan, uh, there's a whole bunch of stories in the book about Bob Dylan. Uh, Didn't he turn Paul onto pot or something? Wasn't he the guy? The first time that Paul smoked pot was with Bob Dylan in 1964. I wanted to ask him about that. But, you know, you run out of time with the guy. He's always uh, he's always running out the room after an hour and a half of talking to me. I know he he keeps himself busy. He he couldn't even yeah. tell you what he's going to do. He's just getting off the phone, no. off the air no. with you. <laughs> I get with it. Howard, without you was the bad finger song that you were talking. That's about. what it was. Listen. Without you, I can't live living with a bad finger. Wrote that, and Paul wrote. Yeah, anyway, now did Badfinger ever write a hit song for themselves? No, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> And didn't Paul say in the book, John, that Badfinger's lead singer was a really talented writer and everything, but then he killed himself? Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a great book. All chock full of stuff like that. I'm glad it's not just a plain old tell-all. It's, you know, that's great. No, it's just, he. I don't think he's up for that. You know, I, I don't think like, so either. So when you told me he wrote a book, I was like, oh, I thought he'd never do that. But yeah. this is the kind of book he would write. And I love that he mm. teaches kids. He's like in the classroom, Professor Paul. Talking yeah. about pot, Howard, um, he also says, got to get you into my life. That's an Was ode pot. to marijuana. Yeah, yeah an, an ode, ode to marijuana. marijuana. Got to get you into my life is about dope, you know, about pot. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, my teacher was, was on to something. He just picked the wrong song. Yeah. <laughs> One of his big musical influences, this will shock you, is Fred Astaire. You remember Fred Astaire, the what? dancer? But but yeah, yeah. Fred Astaire used well, to sing how, in his movies. Well, how does that work? Well, listen, maybe you could get it. This this almost sounds like You Know My Name, you know? I'm in, I'm in heaven. heaven. That was Fred Astaire. I guess when he was a kid, yeah. he'd watch Fred Astaire. In those musicals. Yeah. And I seem to find the happiness I see. Anyway, there he is, the greatest, Paul McCartney. I would uh, never Dave, guess that he was an influence. Yeah. Dave, you're on the air. Howard, uh, just you, you blew me away. And, I, and the fact is, just three things really quickly. You like to praise Paul, and, and you and Paul, is, to use Paul's words, you guys are mates, but the fact is, you are just as great as, as he is in what you do. And the, the last couple of months for you since you've come back with Mick and, and, and now Paul and, and then Billy and, and all these, the way you bring these stories out, I mean, I, I, I don't have the, the book, but I'll, I'll grab the book today because the way you can draw him out beyond what he's going to tell anyone else and to provide the, to provide the insight it, well, you know, thank you. That's very nice to say, but uh, no one is greater. No, Dave, no one is greater than Paul McCartney. They're just, it doesn't exist. No. But uh, I no, love but, the but guy. For what you do, for what you do, Howard, again, somebody else, well, nobody thanks. else can interview you. You just blew me away, and I just had to tell you. Ah, real sweet of you. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, That's Howard. really nice. Uh, I needed him to say that, you know. Obviously. Did you put him up to that? 
Thank you, 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 thank you. Howard, hi, I just want to say you're greater than Paul McCartney. Thank you. Who are you? Thank you. My name is Howard. I mean, my name is Dave from Michigan. Okay. Now, what a wonderful experience. Very sweet. I'll tell you what, anyone could interview Paul McCartney, and I'll tell you why. The guy is a, he's an open book. He loves talking music. He loves talking Beatles. He loves talking into his solo career. He, um, he enjoys talks about his John. life. He, I mean, he revels in, I mean, even when you were talking about them getting off the plane yep. um, after they had a number one hit in the States, he just sat back for a second, looked up, you know, like, you know, he was remembering it. Yeah, yeah he's a great. He's a, great. Yeah, any, anybody could interview him. He's so good. Marianne from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Here's Marianne. There are no two greater people, Howard, on the planet right. than you and Paul McCartney together. The memories that are going down from my grandmother's kitchen to I want to hold your hand to you picking up on me in 2001 and I spoke to him, Howard, to today. And I just saw his book. It's a volume. Everyone's got to order it. I saw Jason, you're on the air. Hi, in New York. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now, Jason. Hey, uh, I just want to... <laughs> Hey, I, I just wanted to say, hey amazing interview. I, I'm, hey now, I'm 41 hey now. years old. Hey now. Hey now. And um, hey now. I'm not a, hey now. Hey now. I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I appreciate the music, but damn, man, you really like, you can draw, you can really draw somebody that's not a fan in and, and really get them to appreciate oh, the good. person. Well, just I'm telling extremely you. interesting. You'll love the book. I'm, I don't think, you know, I think it'll turn you on to a whole bunch of uh, eye-opening uh, kind of stories. And, uh, and really, it really is that good. Thanks. All right. Look, we got to get out of here. But um, we're going to go have a bagel with Paul. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. What was I reading in that book? I'll, I'll tell you one last story I read in that book. Golden Slumbers. You know the song? Oh, yeah. Abbey Road. Love that yeah. song. Paul didn't write the lyrics. He, oh, really? was reading, he was reading a poem, and I think someone said to him, hey, like almost, almost like a challenge, like, hey, why don't you write a song to that kind of thing? And so the lyrics are from this old book. He was, John, you remember the book that Paul was reading? I don't remember it offhand. But with Golden Slumbers, what was the poem he was reading? What was the circumstance? He was at his father's house, and he looked in the piano bench. There was a bunch of sheet music in there. And the, the poem was attached to the sheet music. But he yeah. can't read music. So he had the lyrics, and he made up this melody on the spot. And that became Yeah, it's old. amazing. Mm. Here it is. Get back, Get back home. Sleep to me, darling. Do not cry. Something. Yeah. Gives you the chills. All right, we'll see you next time. I will sing a lullaby.